0: And you're listening to Wow, You're Living the Life with me, your host Jody Lynn Smith, and I'm so happy to have a couple girlfriends with me today that are definitely ordinary women doing extraordinary things every day. And uh, uh, my girlfriend from back home in, in Maryland, Kathy's here, and my guest uh, for the main part of, of the interview is Chris Hillenberg. Chris is a systems uh, analyst for ebtron. Is that right, Chris?
1: Actually, it's a systems administrator. Oh, excuse it's a me.
0: A bit different. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're going to
1: desktops, laptops. Servers, phone systems—it's a whole ball
0: of wax. Wow, it's a lot bigger job than the, than the simply analyzing the problem. We're going to take care of it all by yourself, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Right now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you you were an ordinary woman doing extraordinary things.
1: Uh, That—that sounds good to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, get your boss on the phone. Or say, This woman needs a raise right now.
1: <laughs> uh, right. Right.
0: Uh, mm. I guess your your company's in uh, Loris, uh, South Carolina, and yes,
1: uh, it's it's out in Lawrence and and we make. Uh, Probes that go into HVAC systems that um, that actually monitor airflow and air quality. So it's a green company, which is great. Oh uh, we're small. Uh, we have some competitors out there, but our product is really it's a great product, and it's used mostly in commercial buildings like um, government buildings, schools, hospitals, things like that.
0: Wow, there's there's got to be a lot of demand for that that sort of technology. There is now,
1: since yeah. uh you know since the there's this push to go green. There's a lot more emphasis on it and. Uh, there's a thing called leads, LEEDS, L-E-E-D-S, mm-hmm. which you can get certified for green building. So there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of uh, contractors, uh, architects, whatever, that are trying to get their buildings certified. Wow.
0: And, you know, I know that they actually, you know, I used to work for uh, a lot of uh, uh, government agencies, if you will, in uh, D.C., and, and LEEDS was very big then. I'm, I'm so happy to see that it's actually being implemented because we were on the, the policy side sort of developing the, the standards and all that stuff.
1: Right, and you know in the in the past uh, the government buildings in particular in the schools have had a problem with mold because of different airflow problems and mm. this our product actually helps the, uh, the um, maintenance people manage that so that they have positive airflow in the building, which Gosh. makes you feel more like you want to be working than sleeping,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you on that one, guys. And then I, I guess you were talking about hospitals, too. I mean, they really need, a, what, a constant flow of uh, fresh air. Or people don't necessarily realize that because we're so air-conditioned-friendly uh, sort of society. But you need extra fresh air in there just to keep all the, the healthful environment the way it needs to be, right? Oh, absolutely,
1: especially if it's a clean room or, say, an a, a, a ER surgery where you're doing surgery. Mm-hmm. It's very important to keep the airflow positive and to make sure that the room is clean and our product, you know, also helps to do that.
0: Wow. Now, gosh, that's like a perfect segue into uh, w- the main reason that I have you on, on the show of, of, uh, of storytelling, because I guess, you know, it's all about keeping that, that flow of information going and, and keeping all the, the, the content fresh and, and all that kind of good stuff too, right?
1: Well, you know, storytelling, I think a lot of people, uh, especially here in the South, because basically storytelling is an everyday occurrence. It's a real cultural thing here, storytelling. People sit around, and when the family gets together on the 4th of July, there's stories all over the place about family and stuff. But there is a a professional storytelling, which really is a whole different can of worms. It's, it's It's a performance art, and it has to really do with any other, like any other performance art, music, dance, anything like that. You're presenting a story with a beginning, middle, and end, uh, that you 're entertaining people with, or you're, or you 're trying to to um, make them see things differently or think about things differently
0: mm. Wow, and, and you know I, when I started talking with you initially about this i, I didn 't actually realize that this was a true art form that uh, was was outside of the South, and I think you told me that you picked this up uh, up in Yankee land, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was living in Massachusetts, I just moved uh,
1: down to Myrtle Beach about three years ago, Wow. But in the mid-90s, um, I was looking to take uh, a writing class, because I, I enjoy writing, and I, I, you know, I take these courses just to kind of keep the juices flowing. And um, this was a Vogue Tech in, in the local uh, town I was living nearby, and they wrote me back and said, sorry, the class is full. You need to find something else. Huh. And uh, so what I did was I um, started looking in what the other class selections were, and there was this class in storytelling. And uh, I thought, well, hey, you know, writing is storytelling. Yeah. Can't be that far off, and I'll uh, I'll see what it's about. And uh, the woman who was teaching the class was Linda Goodman, and she's a very well liked, well loved storyteller out of Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. At the time she was living in Massachusetts, and I'm telling you, Jody, after that first class, I was a goner. I'm I kidding. loved it. You found I, your passion. Loved, wow! Uh, it was uh, it was like. Um, It was just like an answer to me uh, that this was this kind of was the whole ball of wax, Mm. whether I I was going to tell the story plus do music or whatever else. This really kind of put it all together for me. And uh, so, of course, you know, I was very fortunate because uh, Linda got me involved up in New England with the League for the Advancement of New England Storytellers along with doing some storytelling with her at different venues. And uh, I also accompanied her on... um, uh, a, pro- a program she does called Daughters of the Appalachians, mm. which is a very interesting problem, a program, and we've done it many times, and so it's really, um, you know, I just kind of got into it that way, and, uh, and it was because of her encouragement in the class, and uh, because I came, I grew up in Southern Indiana,
2: wow. you
1: know, it's a lot like here where it's just a given that, you know, you tell stories, and I think in stories, okay? When I have an event that happens in my life, I, I actually think of it as a story, like a beginning, middle, and end, and and so, you know, it's fairly easy for me to, to come up with stories. Um, well, you know, uh,
0: I, I've i met uh, quite a number of people since I've moved to uh, Myrtle Beach, and, and of course in Maryland as well, and I do think that you know, we all sort of walk around living stories and and not necessarily paying attention to the the, the good parts. We we got the drama down good because we're women, right? You know, but really <laughs> looking at the, the good parts and finding the, the humor and the space and, and the passion to, to enjoy it as as a story. I, I love how you do that.
1: Right, and I mean and it's not necessarily like a family story or a funny story. There's ghost stories, yeah. there's romances, there's some, you know, really uh, there's adult stories that you definitely wouldn't want your children to hear and they were <laughs> performed in in specific venues, you know, and uh and so it's it's the whole gamut soup to nuts. Everything from fairy tales to historical stories about historical figures where people actually act out the historical figure. To Mark Twainish stores, stuff you know mm. that people will tell, where it's very humorous and family oriented. So it's it's a it's a huge, huge. Uh, there's so many different genres, and then you could talk to 50 different storytellers, professional storytellers, and you would think you talk to people with 50 different uh, genres of storytelling because they're all unique.
0: Wow, Just are we so-
1: gonna get to hear a story today?
0: That sounds good. Yeah, I think we're going to put her on the spot. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, you want me to do it now? Well, you could do it now or whenever it comes out, you know, whatever you like. All right. All right. Well, you know, um, the,
1: the thing about storytelling is um, I started originally writing my childhood autobiography because I grew up as a twin. My twin sister still lives in Marlboro, Massachusetts, and um, it's, it's really, um, when you grow up as a twin, you have a lot of stories, trust me. Mm. And uh, so I started writing these down, and it basically it started out that Sputnik had ruined my life because the <laughs> emphasis <laughs> went off of went off of uh, being creative, and it went on to math and science because, of course, you know when Sputnik happened, we had to we need, really needed to start you know developing scientists and mathematicians, and of course, I was never, never good at any of that. I mean, oh, no. I, I it just you know I just numbers forget about it you know yeah. but you know the things that I could put my hand to to be creative with um you know was, was not a problem and here's just a quick a quick little story what I like to do is I take my stories are, stories are fairly, fairly short mm. and so I take I will run them together for longer programs or whatever but this is a real quick one um when I was a kid and you know we would go to church my mother would give my twin sister and I a piece of paper and a pencil so we could draw during the service to keep us occupied because, believe me, we were very busy kids. (laughs) And uh, so we were, uh, and we would turn with our knees on the floor and our elbows on the pews and we would draw on the seat of the pew. And so my sister and I are drawing, you know, and we start looking at each other's drawings and we start laughing. And then we start laughing to where we can't. We can't keep it in anymore, and now it's like we're giggling uncontrollably. So of Uh, course, you know, mom. Yeah. So mom is like petrified because here she is in church, and uh, so she grabs us both and heads down the center aisle and out the door of the sanctuary. And she now she's going down the hallway and she's trying every doorknob, right? (laughs) You know. And she finally gets to the boiler room and and the doors open. She opens it and she, you know, and she was a she's and my mother is wonderful. She's here actually visiting now. um... But she was, she was, uh, she used the to discipline us. So here she is, and, and she's pointing at us, and you need to be respectful in church, and da-da-da-da, <laughs> going on and on, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and we're like, yes, Mom, yes, Mom. And uh, so then, you know, she's done, you know, disciplining us, and she takes us back into the sanctuary. And when we walked into the sanctuary, everybody turned around and looked. And she, and we kind of, it was kind of weird. It was like, here comes the bride.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Like, and and, uh, so, you know,
1: yeah, so, yeah. So, mom comes in and sits down with us in the service. At the end of the service, all these people start coming up saying, Doris, you're doing such a good job with those children. And what had happened is she didn't realize that in the boiler room, yeah. The heating ducts lead right into the sanctuary, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody was able to hear her disappointing us. And, uh, wow. and she, uh, when she, when uh, she shares that story, I get a kick out of it too because it's one of those things where um, you just didn't know you were being listened to, oh, and everybody gosh. thought you were doing a great job. So I just, that's I think a quick she didn't story. spank
0: you or something down there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Really? Not well, the in, in that day and age, that
0: would have been acceptable. Okay. <laughs> right, so.
1: right. Well, okay, you know, but, uh, it's
0: it's interesting that you say that there uh, are, are are events from the boiler room. I wonder how many women know that. <laughs> you know, just because there's a lot of things that sort of happen in boiler rooms, do you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, my uh-huh. gosh, that would be a, a, a opportunity for a lot of girlfriend chats, you know. It's certainly a, a neat thing for your mom to be ordinary-gone extraordinary, for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I have the best mom in the world. She is um, one of the most upbeat, positive people I know. And I remember when I was... Um, I think it was about 18, and I went to her and I said, no, Mom, I I really, I don't want to be an adult. I just (laughs) don't want to be an adult. I don't like them, and I don't like the way they are. And, you know, she looked at me, and she said, well, then you should be the person that you want to be. And if you want to be a kid the rest of your life, that's fine. Just don't be childish.
0: Oh, I like that. Oh, I do like your mom.
1: (laughs) And so so that's the way I basically go at things is, you know, I try not to take myself too serious, which, you know, I think we all do. Right.
0: Well, especially as, as we you know cross that, that lovely bridge from you know 29 to, uh, not 29, <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, it's time to be all, all serious and, and forget about our joy, forget about our passions, and and just work hard and, and, and do what what we saw everyone else do. So uh, Kathy's definitely uh, a hardworking and, and uh, extraordinary girl, but uh, she doesn't take too much serious as far as I could tell. Always no, positive. Not at all.
1: <laughs> but oh, I do
0: have a short, story, you know, life's too okay. short. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you have a story I, too? I, I have a story similar to the event thing. Was uh, okay. we were in Spain with a bunch of girls
1: and we were seventeen, and everyone spoke Spanish, so we were speaking English, talking all the girly stuff on the bus. And all of a sudden, we thought we would missed our exit. And one of the girls goes, "Oh my God, did we pass the college?" And some handsome, gorgeous man goes, "Oh no,
2: ladies, it's one more block." And we're like, "Oh, <laughs> thank you." And then we realize what we've been talking about, and just were like,
1: "Oh, <laughs> devastated! Like we'll never do that again." <laughs> 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 and he's so handsome uh, that was the good part <laughs> the bad part
0: was that he heard it all <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Crazy God. American girls. Wow. Well, I think that that's the cool thing. You know, girlfriends, we, we, we enjoy each other's company for sure. We, we could support each other and encourage each other. And, and uh, I, I like how you, you've managed to, to bring that, that joy in, into a, uh, and turn it into a passion, too. And and uh, we're going to take a break here, but when we come back, I'd like you to maybe share uh, a little bit with uh, some of our listeners about, you know, really how you've taken this craft to the next level, because I, I just love hearing those stories as well. So uh, this is the uh, Jodi Lundsmisher on a Zeus radio network and you are listening to Chris Hillenberg and my friend Kathy from back home and uh, we'll take a break now and be back more on stories Kathy And you're listening to Wow, You're Living the Life with me, your host, Jody Lynn Smith. And I've got two girlfriends with me uh, today. Uh, Kathy Spiden from back home in Maryland has uh, popped into Myrtle Beach and is visiting us in the studio. And a uh, professional storyteller as well as uh, system administrator Chris Hillenberg is here to sort of tell us about how she mixes up her passion for storytelling with uh, doing the ordinary and extraordinary things on the job as well. So, hey, Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah.
0: Any, any big uh, uh, stories or, or uh, fires you had to put out at, at Ebtron today? Oh, gosh,
1: I could go on and on about that. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you that uh, one of the things that, I'm, that we're going to be doing here on Hear Women Talk uh, radio is we, we are, right now I'm in the process of uh, doing some pre-recording on a program that will, be, that will be called and is going to be called Hear Women Tell. Mm-hmm. And it is. Uh, I'll be interviewing professional storytellers, and this is really a passion for me. I love storytelling, but let me tell you, storytellers are amazing people. And so, you know, uh, there are other uh, programs that do uh, talk to storytellers, but they're mostly based about what they're going to be doing and telling a story. And what we're going to do with Hear Women Tell is we're actually going to interview them as people. mm so it's really more about what makes you tick. How did you get into this? What, why do you uh, do the stories you do? Wow. Uh, what happened to you? That, what was the background of this story? So it really is the story behind the story because every story that a professional storyteller tells does have a backstory, mm. And that's what we're really trying to do with the program. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, I have some great people that I've already interviewed. Uh, the funny thing is, is uh, back in Massachusetts, I got the nickname as the interviewer because um, I just love to talk to people. Oh, wow.
0: So that was almost your, your, your form for telling some of your stories? Well, yeah. I
1: mean, you know, the thing is, is you can you, like I can go, I mean, we have this joke in our house that mm-hmm. if we're in a hurry and we have to stop by the grocery store, it's like, Chris, don't talk to anybody. <laughs> 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 because, you know, I just. Love to talk to people and I'm and it usually takes more than 10 minutes Wow but the thing is is I can also leave that person in 10 minutes and probably know more about them than you know and, and know about their family and where they're from and, and stuff that because I just I'm really interested you know it's like when you go to the doctor's office now I don't know if you guys do this Yeah. you know or you go to the dentist or you go for your mammogram or whatever the heck it is you go in and you you look at the person and you think wonder why they decided to do this for a living
0: Well, you know, I do think that sometimes, but then I'm like, you know, gosh, you know, is there any other place I'd rather be than this space, usually if it's one of the, you know, the doctor's office, and we end up starting to talk about everything but their job. It's kind of neat. <laughs> you, you, well, it's kind of like uh, you know, what you are talking about, the, the, the behind scenes of the storyteller. And, and they start talking about their kids, or, or their love, or their, or their friends outside of work. And, and it's almost like they need to get away from it as much as you do. You know? it's, it's kind of neat how the That's personalities true. come out.
1: Oh, yeah. It's also interesting, though, and I've done this before, and people always seem like, it's almost like, wow, you took a personal interest in me. Yeah. Uh, like, I'll, like I'll say, what made you decide to become a mammographer? You know, that's a good point. <laughs> that, yeah, and and the and the stories are wonderful. That why people decided to do, especially in healthcare, mm. the type of work they're doing. And yeah. a lot of times, it has to do with an event that happened in their life when they were younger or whatever. And and so that's basically what I'm doing with storytellers. That's so great. I'm saying, what is it? What is it about storytelling? What is it about what you know? What is it that you love about it? What is it that compels you to do this? Mm.
0: And so you, you end up uh, you know re- finding out a lot of stories when you do that. That's sort of what I'm trying to do on on uh, this show is is find ordinary people that are doing extraordinary things and, and really get them to bring out their story and, and uh, you know it's really been an enlightening experience. So I imagine you really enjoyed this part.
1: Oh, I do, I do. And and you know one of the things I do is before I interview a, a storyteller, I'll send out an email and ask him two questions. There's other things involved, but two questions. Uh, one is, what question have you never been asked in an interview that you wish somebody would ask you? Mm. And the second one is, what is is there anything about you that's not in your storytelling information that people would be surprised to know about you? Wow. And you know, that, and then it's it's because I, these are I want people to get to know storytellers as people because they are wonderful people, and uh and it, and that also uh, gets them to talk about the things that they really love. You know, uh, and, and, and why they're doing storytelling and why they're using it. And, and uh, you know, some people just love children and just want to tell stories to them all day long. And some people, you know, are uh, have causes that they want to tell stories about and things like that. So it's a, it's a, it's a huge, I don't think I'm ever going to be bored.
0: Yeah, I think you'll always have something to, to, something to say and something to, to, to share with these uh, storytellers for sure. That, that kind of makes me uh, think of a question I'd like to ask some of our listeners on, on the show. You know, is there anything about you, if you're part of the Hear Women Talk Network, that uh, you'd like people to know about you or a passion that you have that's just sort of lying there and you're waiting for somebody to just give you that little nudge forward? I, I think you'll find it with Chris and, and Kathy and, and certainly me. So uh, give, give me a call at 646-652-2071, and uh, uh, we'll ask you the questions you wish that uh, people ask more often about you, the other side of you. So, hey, uh, Chris, so, you know, I'm talking on, um, uh, to a, a couple other storytellers that I've met since I, I, I met you, and, and they were telling me that there's actually festivals out there, and, and storytellers like yourself come from all over the place and, and just start chatting, I guess, and telling stories. Is, is Has that, is that been an experience you've enjoyed?
1: Actually, yeah. The, there, well, there's conferences. T- like, uh, there's a conference in uh, New England uh, in March, and, and this one I've been to; it's wonderful, uh, called Sharing the Fire. And it and really it's specifically for storytellers. So there's workshops, there's discussions, there's uh, people who will do a critique of your storytelling, things like that. And then there's festivals, which are open, really open to the public. And believe it or not, they're highly organized. They are not just you know people come around and just chat and tell stories, you know, and jam, you know, like a story jam or something. Although that does happen you know there are places where that happens and I during think the, the Renaissance Festival,
0: Festival the storytelling, yeah. a lot of that oh, is there. Oh, you're right. Because mm-hmm. they, they get into character and they dress up yeah. and, and that sort of thing. You know, has have you ever been to the Renaissance Festival in Maryland oh, or yeah. a similar oh. one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one in New England, yeah. yeah. You know, that is cool that you brought that up, Kathy, because it's like, you know, sometimes you wonder if these people are just acting out a, a character, if they really have become part of their own story and, and are, are reliving that other part in time, you know.
1: Oh, I think you'd have to in order to do it the way they do it. Yeah. And they just love it. Yeah.
0: Well, you know. that might be why uh, Kathy gets me on her stories all the time. I, you know, we were chatting about this uh, prior <laughs> to starting this show. Do you believe that I'm gullible? <laughs> <laughs> no. I like no. to say she used to be gullible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I fixed Because, <her. laughs> <laughs> golly gee, I don't think Kathy's been any of these professional storytelling conferences. But this woman can deliver a story.
1: <laughs> well, some people are natural. Yeah. are yeah, natural.
0: Gosh, but, you know, what, what if somebody uh, else out there was like Kathy and they had this sort of natural gift uh, for, for um, you know, let, let's say tricking uh, people like me or, or telling great stories? Oh, but <laughs> it's just entertainment. It's not my passion. <laughs> <laughs> just to entertain the moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, would you do grab the moment? <laughs>
1: well, well, you know, there are there are uh, organizations, storyteller organizations. Uh, if you go to story, uh, I think it's story.net, I have to look this up but um, I can and we can I can provide this later for your people in the program um, there 's a huge uh, national conference in Jonesboro Tennessee uh, and it 's uh, a, a wonderful place to hear storytelling and you 're going to hear national and international people there but there are other storytelling festivals here there 's one, uh, one in Uh there 's one in Charleston the Laurenburg one I think was in uh, April or May, and Charleston's later on, uh, and so they, there's not as many, uh, in New England, it was like the hotbed of storytelling, I mean, there was it was going on everywhere, oh my and gosh. here, it, it's still, I think, uh, you know, kind of developing, and then, so I'm really looking forward to being a part of that, because, you know, we're looking at trying to do some things, like have festivals, have uh, events, you know, things like that with storytelling, and getting people involved with that, because it's, um, it really... Uh, is an is an amazing thing, and I just here's a, just an example of uh, something very different you wouldn't think of. That. I went to the Three Apple Story Telling Festival. This was in Harvard, Mass, and there was a gentleman from Oklahoma, and he had on uh, one of those flat brim hats, and he was sitting in a chair, and he had two sticks in his hand, and he was telling the story about these two brothers. And it was really a traumatic story about these two brothers. And he used those sticks, and he would tap them to, to orchestrate the tempo of his story. And so mm. when, when the story got really intense, he would tap those sticks you just hear. And now he's talking faster, 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 faster. And then he'd stop. And, and the audience would just sit there totally enthralled, and then he would start tapping the sticks again and start the story back that up. Would so work. That was he growing. was actually using it as an, almost like an instrument to help him tell a story,
0: Wow! and it was amazing. An interesting sort of a, a, a prop, for sure. And You know, you just highlighted something that uh, uh, sort of popped in my mind when you were talking about that is that the, the art of storytelling is, is actually getting people to listen and want to listen and and, and not be distracted into you know other things it, it, that sort of happens a lot where we're so inundated with you know images or information or or fun or, or whatever it is that it's hard to stay focused on uh, on things and, and storytelling really requires a, a lot of good listening skills wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, absolutely and you know it is true we're getting more and more information and we're more and more distracted and if you read some of the articles just this week they talk about information overload mm. and uh, you know sometimes I think when when we get back to some of the simple ways that we can be entertained particularly with listening to a storyteller it's like going back to your childhood mm. you know it's like going back to that place where all is right with the world. Yeah, so and you're comfortable. Focused on this one thing. <laughs> and as a storyteller, when I'm in front of an audience, the real challenge for me is to draw the people in, to to watch them as I'm telling the story, to see am I losing them, are they with me, what do I need to do to bring them in closer? Because it's really a very intimate, even in large venues, it's a very intimate art form.
0: Hmm. Wow. You know, I, I really am interested to, to, to maybe uh, hear you sort of do that with uh, some of our listeners. We're going to take a, a break. When we come back, uh, we'll maybe give you an opportunity to share that experience in, in all its uh, magnitude and, and in passion that I know you have in you, Chris. So uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. This is Jody Lynn Smith, and you're listening to Wow! You're Living the Life with Chris Hillenburg and Kathy Spiden. And welcome back to Wow, You're Living the Life with me, your host, Jody Lynn Smith. And I'm so happy to have uh, my friend Kathy Spiden from Maryland. She's uh, visiting me today and professional storyteller uh, and soon-to-be host of Hear Women Tell, Chris Hillenberg. How are you, Chris? Hey, I'm I'm
1: doing great here. I'm loving this. This is so much fun. I'm oh, so glad you asked me to be on today.
0: Oh well, thank you so much. You know, I, it's kind of cool that you can uh, mix some of your passions in w- with your your day-to-day work at, at uh, Ebtron uh, up in uh, Loris, and uh, you know, I'm just glad that you could spend your lunch hour with us. You know.
1: Well, thank you. That's yeah, cool. they they were very nice here to let me do this today, and and, uh, and you know. A, the, we tell stories here all the time, uh, we have a lot of fun here at the Ebtron, and uh, you know it's it 's a great place to be wow
0: you know that 's that's, that's so awesome that that you have that kind of support in, in the workplace and uh, it's something i 've sort of noticed uh, a lot down south actually since I moved here that uh, you know people the, the whole culture here is really embracing in a lot of ways, so that 's nice well um, yeah,
1: you know when I first started working here. Chris, I, came, I was working for a division of the Boston Globe at the time. I was a design supervisor for their direct mail and insert group. Mm. And you, we. I was going 90 miles an hour all day long. And I started working here, and one of the engineers looked at me and said, Chris, slow down. You're not in New England anymore. Yeah, it's true. And I literally had to, like, force myself to slow down and, and you know, to, to not just walk in somebody's office and say, I need this, you know, but say, oh, how's the wife, how's the kids?
2: yeah that's By the way,
1: thing. I need this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it is a definite culture change. That's yeah, I sure. noticed
2: that at the grocery store, just ringing up the groceries, I'm like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Just what? Bam, bam, yep. And we'd be like, boom, 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 boom.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's it it'll entire- get
0: done, and, you know, and
1: they're very cordial. It's a very friendly area of the country, uh, South Carolina, and I, I really love it.
0: Yeah, it's it is and it I is sort of that. The, you know, I love seeing that. The, the The culture is very different. Of course, you know, I'm from the the D.C. area, and um, I learned to slow down on 295 um, in my Camaro, <laughs> courtesy of a <laughs> ticket. I learned to slow down there. Uh, but uh, as a, you know, it's sort of interesting how these uh, quote unquote life changing experiences happened. Uh, I sort of had to go to driver's ed class because of that at age 45, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I met this really incredible woman who told stories throughout the uh, driver's ed class. Uh, I don't know if, if she's uh, listening now, but her name was Sue Stowe. I'd love to get her on the show sometime. But it's all of, you know, there's so many people that come here to Myrtle Beach and maybe on vacation and, and then they, they never leave. But, you know, she was a big hot shot in uh, New York for... Uh, uh, an airline that's no longer uh, um, actively flying, so to speak. But she lived a life that was type A fast, fast pace, and uh, mm-hmm. traveled the world in, in PR and that kind of thing. And and now she's uh, you know down here teaching drivers ed at uh, a local community college in Myrtle Beach. But it is kind of fun that, that these stories can actually kind of gel here.
1: Gosh, that sounds like an AARP article. I'm going to be in one of those one of those one of these days too. I think
0: you You are? know where what you do <laughs>
1: after your career. Yeah.
0: <gasps> you know. <laughs> well, I could see I don't know I could see the storytelling thing. It sounds like it's a it's a passion but it's also, you know, who you are, a part of part of your life for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so too and and uh, you know, like I said when I took that class, boy, it was just like it was like a, a, almost like a spiritual echo coming back to me. This is this is who you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You wow. know, and uh and I haven't done as much professional storytelling as I'd like to down here since I've moved and I'm hoping to, you know, to know people and, and, and do some more, uh, but I'm just so excited about doing Hear Women Tell because it's the, I, I would like to see a, a renaissance in professional storytelling. Mm. I just think if people knew what it was like to sit and listen to a professional storyteller who uh, who would tell a story that would really grab you and take you there, they would want to do it like every weekend. I'm telling yes. you. Oh, I, mean, you know, you know, I, I believe it. It'd well, be
0: addicting. Wow, well, um, absolutely. I, you know what? Uh, we we actually uh, brought this up with one of the guests on my show. Uh, she she owns uh, La Bellamy uh, Vineyard. And uh, you know they do lots of uh, events and and that sort oh, of yeah. thing, and they were thinking you know gosh storytelling that would be a really nifty thing to do you know have a bottle of wine sit in the sunset and you know with your girls or, or with the guys whatever and just really be entertained in that that old fashioned kind of you know cultural but down home sort of way you know like, So back when you only had a radio. So, you know, oh, that's just right. Just sit that, back you know? and relax. Abeth and Andy. Oh, my gosh. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I can remember, actually, uh, Pennsylvania. You know, money, w- money was tight in the 70s, and, and our TV blew up. And uh, that's exactly what my dad did. He, he sat around, and he would tell us stories from uh, when he went to boarding school. And we were just thrilled at, uh, you know, how many funny things could happen, so...
1: Right, and think of what you learned about your father you would never have known. Exactly, exactly. Because if he hadn't told you that, you just would never have even known that that was a piece of his life. Oh, exactly. And, of
0: course, the fact that that, that, uh, the name of his school was BMI, you know, was just made the rest of us, you know, kids, we were 9, 10, 11, just crack up before he even told (laughs) the story, you know. So, mm-hmm. hey, so, you know, that's how dad drew uh, the kids in, and, and, you know, but I'd like to know how you draw your audience in and not really, don't really tell us, but maybe just show us. Uh, w- would you, you care to share a favorite story and, and just get into character and, and not be Chris for a minute, but be this Chris the storyteller?
1: Sure, sure. And I'll just give you some background on this. Uh, um, the first festival that I ever performed at, they had this thing called New Teller Oleo. And basically, it was new tellers would come and they would audition uh, in front of the board for that storytelling festival. And I, you know, Linda encouraged me, Chris, you should do this. And it was a, f- a favorite story I tell that she loved. Mm. And so I went into this big open barn with these people sitting on the other end and the table. And, you know, they asked me about me, and I them and then it was a natural I just went into the story and I would think I was well into the story when they realized that I was already telling the story <laughs> okay <laughs> you're already in character fabulous yeah she's telling the story and, the, the, what it, and that's how I tell I tell very conversationally and uh, so you know this story this story is called the Bible story
2: mm.
1: you know when I was a kid we didn't have a lot of money and uh, if I wanted any special toys or anything. I really kind of had to find a way to get the money to do it. And I, I noticed as I was driving my Stingray bicycle down the road that there were <laughs> soda bottles on the side of the road. We call them pop bottles. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in probably here too. And uh, so I rigged up this basket on my handlebars and I went down the road and I started collecting these Bottles, and I would take them over to the mom and pop grocery store across the street and cash them in. And I would save up my money, and I would then I would go down on Saturday to the Woolworth store, and they had these little sets of soldiers that I absolutely loved. I was a tomboy, by the way, <laughs> and and so I would you know save my money up, and I would get these soldiers. And I mean, I had but when I was finished, believe me, and I still have some of these. I mean, I had like German prayer troopers, blah blah blah. I had everything. Wow. My twin sister, on the other hand, she liked the idea of having the money, but she couldn't manage to save it up. what would happen is she would go and get a few bottles, and she would go over to the mom and pop grocery store across the street, and she would put the money in the gumball machine.
0: That'd be me. You know, and you turn the
1: crank, and out comes a little egg, and there's a prize inside, right? So she did this, turns the crank, thing comes down, she opens it up, and it's one of those miniature plastic Bibles wow. that you hold up to the light and you can read the Lord's Prayer in. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, you know, we grew up in the Bible Belt, so this was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody
0: wanted to have one of those. Oh yeah,
1: so I mean, I mean she loved it. She carried it to
0: school. She,
1: I mean, she had it with her all the time. Uh, and and, then, and then, you know, I told you that my parents didn't have a lot of money, so this one uh, Saturday night they were going out to dinner which is kind of rare and normally they would have a relative what you know sit with us but this time it was a, a an actual babysitter that we didn't know and so you know they went off to supper and left us with the babysitter and went and you know my parents I don't know about your parents there was something about their bedroom they never it was like you can't go in there oh right okay, like it like there's something about it that you just can't know about. Right. So as soon as my parents left, I put myself in the bed in the bedroom. I wasn't going to touch anything. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to stand there and see if I could figure out what it was wow. that I couldn't. That they didn't want me in here. In the meantime, mm-hmm. my twin sister's in the bathtub taking a bath. And oh, did I mention that she took her Bible everywhere?
0: Yes, she did. oh so <laughs> she
1: has this Bible, you know. And I guess well. She dropped it in the water, and she had a lot of bubbles going on, and when she finally found it, she she picked it up, and she couldn't read the Lord's Prayer anymore. So, you know, well, here's the deal. I was the, the Miss Fix-It twin, okay? Yeah. Like, if anything broke, it was like she would come to me and have me fix it. Oh, you know? that's great, yeah. So here she comes, and I'm still standing, of course, in my parents' bedroom looking around. And she comes in and she starts complaining that she can't. And I was in. The drop to the water. And I can't read it. Fix it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm a logical person. You know, even as a kid, I was pretty logical. So I thought, well, water got in. Water will come out. So I took it between my fingers and I, and it stuck. It stuck right in the middle of my throat. I was and I was choking oh, to death. I couldn't get it down. My sister was like, "Hey, God. where's my Bible?" And I'm like, oh, oh. and finally, I swallowed it. No, you did not. Oh, my I God. Did. I did. And I said, Yeah, I swallowed She goes, no. I'm like, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Now we got to tell the babysitter. Oh,
0: my gosh. Okay. So- now she's new. We don't know her. So-,
1: <laughs> so we go in and we tell the babysitter, and she's like, I don't know, I'm beside myself, you know. And then my parents come home, and my mother, you know, she takes this in stride because I was the known choker. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) I could choke I could choke on mashed potatoes, do tomato it doesn't matter. I was the known choker. So she takes me down to the emergency room at the little county hospital. And we walk up and the woman at the reception says, Can I help you? And my mother says, My daughter swallowed a Bible That's it. I mean, that's all she said. My daughter swallowed a Bible, and the woman is like looking at me, and she's looking at my mother she's like a snake. And she says, uh, y- "You know," and she says, "Well, what do you mean?" And my mother's like, I- "You know, I'm not in the mood to discuss this with you. I just want to see a doctor." And so, you know, she says, "Well, fill these forms, blah blah blah." And so, finally, we go to see the doctor, and the doctor says to my mother, "Well, you know, Doris, we just really have to let nature take its course. <laughs> Apparently, it's not hurting her. She seems fine." So we'll just have to just let things take their course. And so for the next couple days, I heard things like, "Chris loves the word so much she eats it. She (laughs) carries the word around inside of her." And my favorite, which was, "This too shall pass."
0: Well, you know what? That is fabulous, That's and, and, and uh, I can absolutely see how you're a natural as well as a, a professional. As you had me, like, you know, my mouth was open. I was, like, listening, like, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? It was great how you wove it together. Oh, it's just so much fun. Mm. It's so much fun. And when, when, you get it, when you can get an audience
1: to follow you, and you can see it in their faces, and you can hear that laughter, it's just,
0: no, there's nothing like it. Wow. You know, I—that is like you know that, what uh, Kathy was saying—the the old-fashioned radio shows—and I guess you have some, some. sitting around. You have some funny stories. You've got to have some funny stories with your with your mama, Mama Pat, for sure. And uh, I don't know—were there radio uh, radio programs in in uh, your storytelling, or was it just life in general that was so great and funny? <laughs> <laughs> oh, in my life. Well, actually, for both of you, yeah. The question's kind of just general to everybody.
1: Oh, everything was always funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just always enjoyed everything. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, Take I had a in. great
0: imagination. Well, i got to tell you, uh, you know, you you are, obviously, we're, we're talking to you over the telephone, you're not in the studio, and Kathy's in the studio uh, today, but uh, one way that I, I tell talk about Kathy when I tell uh, any of my other girlfriends about her is she's the most positive person that I've ever met in my life, and... She is a lifetime movie walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Great, good to know. <laughs> but you know, she always does see the positive uh, part of life and, and, and the joy and and uh, you know, it's rare that I don't see a, a smile on this girl's face. Uh, you know, at least once once uh, in an encounter. You know, it's just just how she rolls. So yeah, you know, I, it's
1: not that it's not that you don't take life seriously. And I mean, I have things happen. I have. Uh, relatives that have died, my parents, people get sick, you go through traumatic experiences. Yeah. But it's really more of a mental attitude.
0: Mm, right, and it everything all, happens for a reason. You've got to figure exactly. it out. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. right. That's
0: awesome. And, and just
1: sort of I have to meet you, Kathy. You sound you sound <laughs> amazing. I, I have to meet you sometime.
0: That's only because of Jody. <laughs> <laughs> there are some funny stories. I mean, I've known Kathy for a couple years, and uh, you yeah, know, she's made me laugh more than once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I did find that website. I was going to tell you about. It's the National Storytelling Network. If people want to poke around, and you can even put in your state and put in storytelling, and you'll find the festivals in your state. But the, the National Storytelling Network is www.storynet. Org.
0: Oh, Storynet.org. Okay, great. Right,
1: right, right. And and like I said, you could put in South Carolina and storytelling, and it's going to pop up. You know, stuff's going to pop up because there's there's stuff happening. Believe me, there's mm. stuff happening.
0: Gosh, you know, and I real I just am amazed that I did not realize that this was uh, something that we could go to and, and enjoy. We're, we're so inundated with uh, things that are are loud and flashy, and and I, and I, and I love that this old fashioned. Sort of way of, of of entertaining and getting together with your girlfriends or your family is is so prevalent, and I'm so glad you brought that to to our attention. I think we have uh, take a, a brief commercial break here, and uh, then we'll be back on the Jody Lynn Smith show and more about Chris, who is definitely living the life. Wow, you're living the life with your host, me, Jody Lynn Smith. And I'm so happy to have a uh, future storyteller, uh, excuse me, here, women tell uh, host Chris Hillenberg. She's a professional storyteller, also uh, system administrator from a super great green company, Ebtron in uh, Laura, South Carolina. And I'm also here with uh, my girlfriend from back home, visiting Myrtle Beach, Kathy Spiden, and, and we're just sharing some some, some tales uh, between girlfriends, and uh, and then also a little bit about the, the this really cool art form of professional storytelling. Uh, I know Chris, uh, you were talking a little bit about uh, the the Hear Women Tell piece that you're going to do, and the the backstory, and uh, you know the the whole thing about HearWomenTalk.com is about bringing people with interests and passions, and maybe, they're, maybe they haven't been uh, opened up yet and they're just waiting to, to be encouraged to come out. But that whole social networking piece on, on the, the website that goes with this radio is really about bringing people together. And I'm just wondering if you might like to maybe get a group together and see how many other storytellers or aspiring storytellers there were in this area. Would that be something you'd be up for?
1: actually I'm, t- I'm going to be talking to a woman who lives up in Calabash by the name of Joan Leota
0: mm. and
1: she is a professional storyteller and is uh, pretty well known and uh, I think that uh, she might be interested in starting this up you know I she's of course she's retired and she's still doing storytelling and stuff and I'm working and so it makes it a little more difficult but uh, I we're definitely going to be trying to start something up and you know this this here woman, talk uh, network is a wonderful thing because, uh, you know, you come into the new area, we're going to get more people who are coming down here for retiring and stuff. And it's really hard when you move someplace new to network. Yeah. And so this is such a great tool. It really, really is such a great tool. And I'm very excited about it. When I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, this is this is, a, this is exactly what we need
0: well, you know that, that was how I, I sort of got attracted to it as well, because you know you live someplace twenty years and you 've got your your, your network uh, you know both professional as, as well as you know, your downtime with your family and and then of course where all there 's lots of people in life transitions you know whatever whatever brings you down here, maybe your kid 's gone off to college like me or maybe you 're you're, you're in a different marriage. Uh, Non-marriage state, uh, either one of those could be a big life change experiences for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, just coming to the area and, and finding people that you almost feel like you've known all your life because you share that passion or you share that interest.
1: And when you do move from where you've been, say, like for 20 years, I mean, you're leaving a lot of friends behind. You're not bringing them with you, really. That's true. You know, they do come down and visit because they love myrtle Beach. Oh,
0: they do. And, you know, of course, you bring your stories, but that's all you have. (laughs) Right.
1: And so, to it takes time to build those relationships and to make those those network connections and to be able to have a tool like Hear Woman Talk is is a great thing where people can get together who, like, either like to kayak or tell stories or cook or what. Whatever the heck it is, it doesn't matter. It can all, people can connect here.
0: Yeah, they really can. And it's kind of neat how, uh, you know, you brought up in an earlier segment in, in the show of you know, how you sort of start some of these new relationships by asking things that lead into a story. I mean, we all get, oh, what do you do? Where did you live for, you know, before you came here? But not too many people will say things like, you know, why do you do what you do? Or uh, why are you here? Or, or things like that. And it really opens up that whole reason to tell a story.
1: It's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you heard this Paula Poundstone thing, but she said, you know why adults ask kids what they want to be when when they grow up?
0: Uh Because they're they're looking for ideas. Yeah. (laughs) She is funny. Gosh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's kind of what I do, you know. Yeah. I I like to find out what makes people tick. Why do they do what they do? Why do they love what they love? Yes. Um, Why are they afraid of what they're afraid of, you know, Uh, and and because... um, because in, in in every respect, I can relate to that. I think everyone can relate to that because we're all human beings and, and we all have these feelings. And uh, so to be able to, to, to ask, I know sometimes people think, I can't ask that question. Yeah. But to me, it's like, I, I want to let you know that I, I care about you and I want to know what makes you tick I, you know i think you 're an interesting person you yeah. know?
0: and you are you, you take an interest in, and you listen and, uh, and and you connect in, in a way and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I was walking uh, on the beach and uh, I happened to, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I saw all of these plastic bottles, uh, you know, sort of next to a, a trash can, and I thought, you oh, know, that's really not a nice way to treat the beach, and so, you know, I picked up all the, the the bottles, and I put them in the can, and you know, not not more than a minute later, this uh, relatively older gentleman comes up, and he takes all of these bottles out, and he lays them next to the can again, and I'm like thinking, okay, I guess they were his bottles. <laughs> <laughs> And and so I just you know wanting to be polite and all I I just said gosh I'm I'm sorry I didn't mean to you know uh, take your bottles away <laughs> and and it, not that they, were, they weren't like alcohol bottles I don't want to create this hobo type image you know right right uh, right
1: no he was yeah he was probably gonna you know cash them in. Yeah, probably. Well, and
0: basket. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and that's I, and that's why I said, oh, are you go, going to you know take these for a deposit? I'm new here in South Carolina. Do they do they have some kind of law? And he goes, no, but in North Carolina they do. And I'm going <laughs> to take them back where I, I you know I live, and I'm going to cash them in. And then I thought, okay, that's nice. I'm ready to move on. He goes, and then I'm, I donate all the money to veterans uh, burn centers. Wow. And I was like. You know here I am trying to just be polite, and I wasn't particularly interested in in him, not, not not meaning any disrespect or anything, but I was just you know just being polite that's the bottom line and then I, le- I actually stopped and I listened and he told me some uh, really interesting stories about why he uh, you know gave to the, the burn Center and time that he had been in Vietnam and that kind of thing and and that's why I, I really like the whole idea of storytelling. Uh, has that other component of story listening, and, and I just think we'd all really benefit greatly if we just opened up our, our eyes and our hearts to the fact that people have stories to tell, and, and maybe that brings out some special moment in your own life.
1: Oh, absolutely! And your your life is richer because he shared that
0: with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I'm I'm going to be a little more careful about my you know <laughs> bottle picking up as well. It's a whole life lesson. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I just think that the world is so full of interesting people, and I think story professional storytellers are amazing, interesting people who care deeply about what they're doing. And I'm just so excited about doing this Hear Women Tell uh, program on Hear Women Talk Radio. Oh, I can't wait!
0: Great. You know, and I, what, what's really cool about the, the Hair Women Talk, uh, you know, website and is that people can, can chat in on live shows. But we also take some of the recorded uh, interviews and shows and that kind of thing, and, and we keep them there, and uh, you know, for several months. And so you can listen to it later and find that piece of inspiration or that great story even to, to bring into your next cocktail party or, or event and, and that kind of thing, you know. I think it'll be really cool. People enjoy your stories. I know they'll pop in all your interviews for sure, won't they?
1: I, can't. I hope so because I think you're going to hear some stuff that you will not forget. Wow.
0: Well, you know, uh, we have just a, a short time left in, in the show, and I was hoping that you could just give uh, some pointers to some people that maybe, you know, join this show now or are listening in and they're thinking, you know what, maybe I would like to tell some stories. Maybe I would like to entertain, as, as my friend Kathy likes to, with her stories or maybe take it to the next level and, 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 and go to that festival. What As a professional storyteller, what would you share uh, with our listeners as sort of pointers on how they'd get started, you know, in addition to going to the website you mentioned?
1: Well, you can certainly start very small, and you can certainly do it as a non-paid person, and that's really the best way to start. And the libraries are very open to having people come in and tell stories,
2: Mm, you know.
1: Uh, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's a wonderful place and, and there's no pressure because it's just the kids and you can tell whatever level of story you want as far as, you know, you can tell, you know, a myth or a a fairy tale or whatever. And it's a good way to get your feet wet because kids are very forgiving. They're also very hard. So you're getting the challenge of that too. You know, and then there are other places where you can do it as well. And we're we're gonna try and do some other venues here, but uh, wherever there's a storytelling festival there's always like an open mic sort of a thing and there are open mm. mics there are open mics for musicians and for poets and you can certainly go to those open mics and tell stories because they're open to that as well. They're not just for musicians or poets, or they're open mics, and then the idea is to get people and draw people in. So you could try out some of your stories at the open mics in the area.
0: Oh, what a great you idea. Know, just
1: go in and you say, hey, I'm, I want to try out storytelling, and I've got this story, and I'd like to tell it at your open mic. And I guarantee you they're going to say, great.
0: Gosh! So you know,
1: there's all sorts of different ways, and you're going to have times where you feel like, "Wow, that was the best thing ever," and then you're going to have times where you walk out going, "I could, I just didn't carry it. I could not <laughs> And that's all part
0: of the growth with anything new that you do. got. That for. today, yeah, that, that's absolutely <laughs> the truth. You know, gosh, if we if we, uh, we let a, a single thing that, that goes wrong stop us, you know, that we'll, we'll miss out a, a great number of opportunities to laugh and learn and, and love each other. And uh, that's right. You know. That's right. That, then you just can't be living the life, and that's what we do, right? <laughs> that's what we're trying to do, for that's sure. That's it. You know, I, I love how you said uh, earlier on, you know, you, you always wanted to be a, a kid, and and uh, you've certainly grown up and and, and and figured out how to make the, the adult part of your life work, but you still have this uh, kid-like part of you and, and the part that finds that that fun and that way to, to have fun no matter where you are. So that's great.
1: Thanks for recognizing that, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're instant friends, you know? <laughs> No, I I just think you know life is short. I was going to have this T-shirt printed once. It was going to say "Life is short, swing easy." It was going to be a golf ball. You oh, know?
0: very nice.
1: You know, uh, I think that uh, I think we need to take a deep breath and realize that we're we should be human beings instead of just human doings.
0: Oh, oh I
1: you like know, that. Part of that is just being amazed at what we see in life every day and being amazed at people and, you know, being like little kids. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I think uh, a lot of times uh, w- women, we, we tell stories to ourselves, and they're not necessarily the positive stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, w- I would like your idea of, of finding a story that maybe I'd take to an open mic or to a party or even just to some girlfriends in, in a group on here Women Talk and, and just mm-hmm. really share it and, and bring some some level of, of either laughter or inspiration or, or what have you. That's great. Uh, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, is especially neat about you, Chris, is that you are working and you are busy and, and you do have a full life for sure, but you're still having a, finding a way to live this passion. And, and I hope that's as motivating to our listeners as it is to me. So, hats off to you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me today. You got it.
0: This is Jody Lynn Smith on the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk, and we've been fortunate enough to be joined by future uh, Hear Women Tell host, uh, Chris Hillenberg, professional storyteller, and my friend Kathy Spiden from uh, Maryland. Thank you for joining us.